Hello and good morning, evening or afternoon, depending on when you are listening to this latest Susty Talk from Edie. If you're new to the series, Susty Talks are our one-on-one audio interviews with sustainability leaders from across the world to help keep us all feeling a little bit more connected and informed. Um, and I'm delighted to have on the line with me today from Tetra Pak, their Vice President, Climate and Biodiversity, Gilles Tisserand. So thank you very much for dialing in. How are you doing? Thank you, Sarah. I'm doing very, very good and very happy to be in that uh, discussion with you today. No, thank you very much for taking the time. I know it's busy time for the company, lots of events about packaging and sustainability reporting season um, as well. So thank you very much for taking um, for taking the time. Um, we always start on the series with an introduction to our speakers. I don't think I've actually interviewed you for one of these before, so it'd be great to hear um, a little about your background and what your role as VP Climate and Biodiversity means. Yes, uh, and I mean, it's indeed the first time, so I'm very happy to, to be talking to you today. Um, my name is Gilles Tisserand, French, as you can hear, and I've been working at the Tapac for over 10 years uh, now in different positions, uh, marketing and uh, sustainability. Um, I'm indeed right now the Vice President of Climate and Biodiversity for the company, and I lead a multicultural, multidisciplinary team that provides actions and solutions to meet the company's net zero trajectory. So that includes the reduction of carbon emissions in our operations, but also with our suppliers and our customers' operations. Um, it means also a strong focus upstream on responsible sourcing, materials we buy, uh, but also the restoration of biodiversity. And it's also about developing and deploying sustainable prod product portfolio, um, packaging equipments, so the machines we sell to our food customers and services. Great, and is, is this like a new role for, for the company? It's, it's indeed the, the new role. We've decided to, in a way, split sustainability into three main uh, areas. Um, so I lead the um, climate and biodiversity uh, product sustainability part. Uh, one of my colleagues focuses on circularity, which is an important topic for Tetra Pak. Let it be on packaging, but also uh, on equipment and, and, and food, um, actually, uh, as well. Um, and we have another colleague focusing on corporate social responsibility, which is uh, as important as the uh, environment uh, uh, topics that I just mentioned. So quite new, uh, uh, less than a year. That makes sense. I've seen a lot of businesses yeah, making a slight change in that over the past two years um, or so. And you've mentioned that some of the stuff that's on your to-do list would really involve working with other bits of the business. So you mentioned sourcing, product design, um, manufacturing equipment. Um, so I wanted to get get a feel on how you work with those teams to make sure that sustainability isn't just a side agenda, it is the business agenda. Yeah. When I describe sustainability in my job, actually, within, within Tetra Pak, I like to say that sustainability is not just in the agenda, it is the agenda. Um, first of all, by purpose. Um, we commit to making food safe and available everywhere, and we promise to protect what's good, food, people, and planet. Uh, so that's the reason why we exist, right? Uh, but it's also because of value. Uh, so we are hyper aware about what customers and consumers uh, need and, and want. Um, just to give you um, um, some concrete uh, facts, um, every second year, we run um, 
and environmental B2B research so with our customers and, and uh, decision makers. Um, and the results of the last one we did uh, in 2021 are, are clear. Uh, according to um, the uh, food players, climate change and wasteful packaging are, are key con concerns for manufacturers, for retailers. Um, and 90% of the decision makers, so the C-suits, perceive that sustainability is and can bring actually competitive differentiation uh, in the future. So we can see that it's 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 about a balance between a, a purpose, doing good, uh, and doing well when it comes to uh, to differentiation. Um, and you, you said it's uh, so sustainability happens de facto across functions and across our value chain, suppliers, operations, customers. Um, so it requires strong internal governance. It requires external collaboration, and it requires investment. Um, when it comes to the governance, um, so sustainability is a pillar of our strategy 2030. Um, so we have objectives, uh, clear focus area, uh, and typically we have strategic programs uh, in place that we've been running for close to 12 months now with, with strong results. Um, an example that I like to talk about is uh, the reduction of our scope one and two plus travel greenhouse gas emissions. Um, and between 2010 and 2021, we have reduced uh, those emissions by one third. And we made that happen through the collaborations of our people in the supply chain, in factories and, and with HR. Uh, so that's an example of uh, internal governance, right? Um, and typically since 2020, we've also put together um, an advisory board with six independent advisors, one of them being Johan Rockström, to guide us in pioneering an ambition sustainability uh, uh, agenda. Uh, so governance is key. I mentioned external collaboration. So we have a, a big footprint uh, at Tetra Pak actually beyond what we call scope one and two, beyond our operations. Uh, so actually 99% of uh, the greenhouse gas emissions uh, footprint is scope three for Tetra Pak right now, because we have reduced so much the scope, scope one and two. So it, it requires external collaborations, which we do with startups, with university, Lund University, uh, for, for, for example. Um, and I like to use the example of a recent partnership we are doing with Mycorina, a startup that works on mycelium to create new proteins. So we are after, like all our partners, a resilient and sustainable food system. Um, and we do work a lot with our, our suppliers on materials we buy when it comes to packaging um, paperboard, as, a, as an example. So two years ago, we launched an initiative called Join Us in Protecting the Planet with our, our suppliers, where we are working together and pushing our suppliers to set high targets on climate. So we are pushing them to report uh, to uh, CDP on forest, on climate, so, so strong collaboration across the value chain. Um, last point that I mentioned in terms of uh, uh, strong collaboration in a way, it's also about investment, right? So if we want to be successful, we need to acknowledge that we need to invest, which is something Tetra Pak has been doing for a while. Um, and we are committed to invest 100 million euros per year on sustainability. And we will continue to do so over the next five to 10 years to enhance the environmental profile of our beverage cartons and our equipments and solutions uh, on the ground. Of course, I mean, yeah, we could do a, a whole episode about finance, definitely. Something yes. I'm seeing a lot here in the UK, a lot of businesses are going to be subject to this net zero transition plan mandate, which essentially means don't just tell us what you're going to do, 
how much funding are you putting there and why is that the appropriate amount of, of funding? So it's always good to hear that some businesses are getting ahead of the curve and doing that already. Um, I wanted to come back to something else you've mentioned. So we've we've talked a lot there about climate um, and net zero, but you've also mentioned that things like forest disclosures and biodiversity um, are really are really important. Um, we're just coming out of Global Goals Week, um, and something that I do notice about Tetra Pak's sustainability strategy and reporting is that the SDGs are there um, quite prominently. And I wanted to get a feel on how that works as well. So how the stuff that you've mentioned is all aligned with with the global goals framework. Yeah, well, I, th I think this is very important um, in terms of um, communication, uh, first of all, to be able to engage the, the whole value chain uh, to, to work around the existing framework. And, and definitely the, the SDG, the Sustainable Development Goals, are a perfect framework to design a sustainability strategy and put it in motion. Um, what we've been doing at Etrapac uh, for years now uh, is running a materiality assessment, which we do every second year. So last one was in 2021. Um, and that helps us focus on the areas that deliver the greatest positive impact. And we map those uh, materiality assessment results with the uh, United Nations Sustainability Development Goals to basically help us prioritize and organize the, the actions under the three main sustainability area we have in our strategy, food, people, and planet. Um, and to me, what matters, because you also mentioned uh, uh, in your questions, um, reporting, uh, verification, what matters to me is that our activities are verified, externally reported, and validated by third party. Um, two examples that I have in mind. Our greenhouse gas emissions data are every year externally audited they're publicly uh, uh, available and typically our plan on climate on 2030 but also 2050 are validated by the science-based target initiative so we are at the track one of the 59 companies to have typically our 2050 net zero target validated by uh, sbti um, second example to me, which is about also uh, uh, matching the UN sustainable goals with our strategy and external reporting is the work we do on biodiversity, which you mentioned. Um, our nature activities are typically verified by, by CDP. So everything we do around sustainable sourcing, uh, the fight on deforestation is uh, in a way validated, verified uh, uh, by, by CDP. And, and we're one of the few companies worldwide uh, to get an A score on climate and forest uh, uh, for the past five consecutive years. So when we build our strategy, when we build our reporting, it's indeed about transparency, uh, positive actions, and using obviously uh, existing uh, framework like the sustainable uh, development goals. I mean, I think what you said there is really important and that we get asked a lot, how do we choose which goals are most important? How do we make sure that the alignment um, with the goals is proper? And it sounds like, yeah, that materiality assessment is key and, and working with, yeah, external validation as, as well. I presume that that would be your advice. I don't know if you have any more advice on that issue. No, no, but so, so you, you said it right. I think um, we need to have in a way, a data-driven approach. 
uh, all companies need to have a data-driven approach and use the existing framework to shape their sustainability plan, which means prioritizing, right? Um, and I want to spend a little bit of time on, on, on these data uh, points. Um, Tetrabac has been collecting environmental data um, actually since uh, 1999. So our, our first uh, external reporting was, was on energy use. Uh, I was back at uh, high school in 1999, so it's a, a while. It feels like it's a while. Uh, and we've been reporting scope one and two since the, since the mid 2000s. And having that robust uh, data has enabled us to take actions uh, and to effectively reduce our footprint. Uh, so if I take our footprint uh, 10 years ago, uh, it was 20% higher than what it is right now. Um, so the Trabac has gone through a, a historical reduction of its emissions while growing net sales. And because we have the data, because we have the right framework, we managed to focus on where the priorities are and to understand again where we have the biggest uh, uh, impact. So the data-driven approach combined with reporting, combined with external validation is the perfect formula to understand where to act, to be challenged, because when you report to CDP, your challenge when you go to SBTI, science-based target initiatives, it's, it's a challenge to understand if your plan will be verified, uh, but it's the best way to stress test, in a way, your, your strategy. And that's also something we wanted to highlight in our uh, recently released sustainability report, and that's actually our 23rd uh, report. So we, we issued the first one in, in 1999 uh, 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 as well. So it's a long history at the Trapac. Mm, no, I'm, yeah, you mentioned you've been, yeah, measuring and reporting emissions for a long time a lot of businesses will be in that same boat but there's some things that are aligned to the SDGs and that are in the report that I'd say that reporting's like not as mature um, about some things we've already mentioned like forest and biodiversity sometimes harder um, to measure but I know that the company's doing some really innovative stuff um, on that something that caught my eye in the report was something that I understand kicked off earlier earlier this year um, land restoration work in in Brazil um, so I think it'd be great to hear a little bit more about about that and how you can design a good partnership for land restoration and how you can measure the success of that. Yeah, so I, I think like every company, we are indeed learning on the way when it comes to biodiversity and to have the right measurement in place. Um, and we are uh, participating to some uh, uh, projects, early projects uh, driven by um, SBTN, Science-Based Targets for Nature, to understand how to frame a clear, I would say, ambition and targets. But we did, you didn't wait for SBTN to exist to uh, take actions when it comes to uh, uh, biodiversity to, uh, to nature. Uh, and indeed, responsible sourcing has been and is still a strategic objective for our business, our supply chain, and it's a value we deliver to our customers. So we, at Trapac, we do not own or manage any forests directly, but we act for nature through responsible sourcing practices, through platforms of um, voluntary certification standards, FSC when it comes to board paper we buy, uh, Bonsucro when it comes to polymer uh, uh, made from sugarcane, ISI when it comes to the aluminium we buy. Uh, and obviously we also work around strategic partnership to, to conserve, restore biodiversity and contribute to global, 
global water resilience. So you mentioned um, a new program we've launched um, around um, the restoration of nature and, and, and biodiversity, and it's a, a program which we call the Araucaria Conservation Program, launched in May in Brazil. And indeed, the idea was to go beyond the uh, no harm protect part of the uh, nature strategy and really go to the restoration uh, phase, which we clearly need to accelerate worldwide. Um, the Araucaria Conservation uh, Project is an industry first nature-based restoration program, and it's set to restore 7,000 hectares of the Atlantic forest in Brazil by 2030. 7,000 hectares, it's basically the equivalent of uh, 10,000 um, football pitch, uh, or if American listens to that, soccer pitch. So it's huge uh, in a way. Um, Nature-based means working with nature to address um, societal challenges and provide benefits um, to biodiversity uh, and, and to people. Um, we talk a lot about the Amazon uh, right now and rightfully, uh, but when you look at the uh, biomes, when you look at the ecosystem that are uh, under massive stress, we have identified the Atlantic forest in Brazil as a key area to work on. It's one of the richest biomes uh, in the world. It's actually the second most endangered uh, forest in the world. Um, so, in collaboration with an NGO from Brazil called Apremavi, uh, an NGO specialized in conservation and restoration project, we have launched that program, um, which is basically going to last at least nine years to uh, restore uh, the forest of uh, Araucarias. Um, so, we work with degraded rural land, we work with the local land owners and farmers to use native uh, species, to plant native uh, uh, species. In that way, we not only restore the forest, but we reduce the pressure on endangered animals. And we hope to bring uh, social and economic uh, benefits to, uh, to the area. What is interesting with that project as well, and that's why I like to call about uh, a nature-based solution, um, is that by restoring that forest, we um, we create carbon sequestration. Um, so we have an ambition at Tetra Pak to be net zero in our operations by 2030, which is based on a strong plan to reduce. But we will use the um, carbon sequestrated, created in a way, to uh, contribute to our Tetra Pak's net zero uh, uh, commitment. So to, to compensate uh, the residual emissions uh, uh, we have. One last point that I want to make is, and we talk a lot about uh, partnership, we created that program for Tetra Pak and obviously for the, the, the region and the area of the Araucarias uh, uh, forest, but we want to make that project rapidly available for other players, partners we have, customers we have. Um, so we are actually working hard to certify a much broader territory than the 7,000 hectares. Actually, we are working to certify um, a territory which is the size of England uh, so that other organizations can join us uh, in that journey to, uh, to uh, restore that uh, uh, beautiful forest, which is the Atlantic um, forest. So that's really how we want to uh, drive a 
towards nature positive uh, strategy uh, at Tetra Pak, which will complement and, and uh, is heavily intertwined with our climate uh, approach. Uh, and clearly, that's something that we've seen when, when we run our materiality assessment. Uh, that's an area where we need to act at Tetra Pak, and we believe that we can have a positive impact with our partners. Great. Well, that is such an interesting case study, and I know it's only been a few months since it launched. So looking forward to following up and hearing more about that, seeing what happens. And as you say, seeing who else follows suit um, with that, as you mentioned, a lot of businesses in the like measurement, materiality, project forging stage. So super exciting time to think about biodiversity and business. Um, I think that's nearly all the time we have on our call today, Gilles, so I will let you get going. I know you must be busy. Thank you very much for coming on our Susty Talk series today. Thanks a lot.